This is Robert Marlacci, the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-magazine. For our April Future of Online Learning edition, I have the good fortune of having a Mindshare Learning Moment with Maxime Jean-Louis, CEO of Contact North, which is Ontario's distance education and training network, and executive committee member for the International Council for Open and Distance Education, which is headquartered in Norway. He's one of Canada's thought leaders, I like to say, on online learning. And it's always a pleasure to connect with you. Thank you for joining me this afternoon, Maxim. As always, Robert. Maxim, it's a fascinating time, I like to say, to be in, in education. And uh, certainly from where we sit, we hear a lot of talk about there being a revolution in online learning. Perhaps you could speak to that. My perspective and my observation, Robert, is that we are not in the midst of a revolution, but rather we are in the midst of a gradual transition. While indeed some institutions are embracing flexible online and creative ways to support the learners in the pursuit of their credentials, others will take time to transition. There are several reasons, Robert, for taking time funding arrangements with government, collective agreements, faculty knowledge and skills, cost of technology, student readiness, and I could go on. But let's not be clear, let's be clear about the fact that change is happening and we can see pockets of change if we were in our system. Interesting, uh, fascinating uh, perspective. And perhaps you can share with us the gradual transition that's taking place and it doesn't happen overnight. I took my master's in EdTech uh, blended learning program 10 years ago and it seems we're just hitting you know full stride in terms of that classic tipping point if you will and leadership also plays a, a role in it as well as uh, from a change leadership perspective. There's no question that leadership is key. But what is important as well is to be very clear and mindful of what I call the three key elements of that gradual transition. One of which is that we are moving students from having to demonstrate that they know what they heard and saw in classes to students having to show that they can connect knowledge, skills, competencies, and capabilities to real-world challenges and problems. Second, Robert, there is a kind of a redesign of learning in more modular, stackable, and transferable credits. Shorter courses, shorter programs, more flexible routes to completion, more focus on continuing assessment. Lastly, third, there is a different conception of quality focusing less on standards and compliance and more on the student experience, student engagement, service quality, effective management of the moments of truth on the student journey. These are three very important elements. Absolutely. Now, you bring an international perspective in your role on the International Committee for Online Learning, and you also see what's happening across the Canadian and provincial landscape in Ontario, because in Ontario has been very much a leader in, in your excellent work that you do. But we still see pockets of innovation. 
there are pockets of innovation in Ontario. In fact, on our portal, teachonline.ca, we have 125 very concrete examples of amazing innovation practices, amazing innovation uh, steps being taken by Ontario's colleges and universities. Around the world, there are very leading institutions from the Open University in the UK to UNISA in South Africa to institutions in New Zealand, in Australia, in Asia, in South America. That is, there's no question that it's really, really happening in that sense. But what is important is to understand that to make this really stick, you need a very strategic and strong commitment, both from government and from institutional leaders, to move over time to the more flexible, student-driven system. That part is, is still a challenge. You need more collaboration and, comp and less competition. Again, it requires to go beyond just words to actually into steps, into real action. And hence, in, in order to help facilitate that, you've got wonderful resources. You've also got a tremendous digital ebook on online learning that is available at no cost. And the name of that, again, is? Teaching in the Digital Age, uh, which is a book uh, produced by one of our research associates, Dr. Tony Bates. And he does a wonderful job in terms of uh, helping faculty understand how to adapt and how to make the most of teaching in the digital age. And within that book, um, it also highlights the different modes of online learning. It's not just purely online necessarily. I experienced a blended learning program which had some face-to-face -face and synchronous collaboration at Pepperdine University. And then there's also the MOOC movement uh, that's been kind of hot. Now it seems to be getting colder. So perhaps you can touch on the, the various elements and, and, and why it's important uh, to really understand um, the whole concept behind online learning because it is new to a lot of people. And I like to say necessity is the mother of invention. I see a lot of innovation happening in the more rural areas because there's a need for it. But let me give you a couple of stats that are startling. Do you realize that 35 million persons, people took MOOCs last year? And a growing number of them are taking it, are securing credit, either through prior learning assessment mm -hmm. of recognition of exams, proctored exams, and actually getting badges, getting recognition for it. There are now 4,200 MOOC courses available from 500 wow. higher education institutions. These are starting numbers. And it's really the democratization of learning, isn't it? It is and it isn't. It isn't because what we have observed is that the people who are taking the most advantage of the MOOCs are not necessarily people who need it the most. Right. These are the well-educated, these are the Robert Patrolacci, these okay. are the Maxime Jean-Louis, and so on, who are actually making the most of this flexibility. But there are major initiatives, for example, I'm aware of a major one happening in Europe where they are trying to use MOOCs to help with the refugee crisis, to help teach the refugees and acquire skills so that they can become productive citizens. These are exciting developments. Fascinating. Now, uh, when I look at 
the global perspective and your role in the International Council for Open and Distance Education. Congratulations again, Maxima, on winning the bid to host the World Conference on Online Learning in Canada in 2017. Robert, the congratulations, in fact, are to Ontario because Ontario is a hotbed of innovation and a powerhouse as far as online learning. The congratulations also to Canada because we are where MOOC started. We are also a very diversified, a very successful country in terms of uh, post-secondary education, but also in terms of online education. But what we are doing, which is really exciting, is that this world conference on online learning, we are describing it as being about expanding boundaries and testing limits. So it's all focused towards those two things because we really feel very strongly that there are at least five areas where as practitioners, as faculty, as administrators, as policy makers, as funders in terms of online education, we should be looking at how do you actually expand boundaries in teaching and learning, that's one, mm -hmm. in access and flexibility, that's two, in assessment, that's three, in program and course delivery, that's four, in learning environments, that's five. We must it behooves us to really look at how we expand boundaries, how we test limits, how we create new world in those five areas. Fascinating. And, and of course, we're starting to see the trend of online learning cascading down to K-12 more so with uh, pure online and rural areas and blended in some cases. I'll go even further. I think for K-12, for them, Online learning is like electricity. You don't talk about electricity, you just enjoy it. I think those, those millennials, those kids, for them, they just bathe in it. They just use it when they can. They are very good at mobile learning. They are very good at engaging. And I think it behooves us as educators to provide them with the learning environments to be able to do so. And I know that we are doing so in Canada and we're doing, we're doing so in spades. Well, you inspire me to want to make sure I register for the conference. Speaking of which, what is the date of uh, the conference? The conference is in Toronto, and it's October 17 to 19, 2017. And we are expecting over 2,000 faculty, instructional designers, administrators from five continents. It's going to be the world of online learning from the entire globe actually convening right downtown Toronto for three days. Maxim, thank you so much for this today. Oh, you're most welcome. My pleasure. That was Maxim Jean-Louis, who is the CEO of Contact North and the executive committee member for the International Council for Open and Distance Education, headquartered in Norway. My name is Robert Martellacci, the Mindshare Learning Report, and until next time, keep the learning curve steep.